Bienvenido a un nuevo episodio de The E-Commerce Lab by Ecomzy. Este es el lugar para aprender todo lo relacionado a crear una marca privada en Amazon y el comercio electrónico. Aprende exactamente lo que necesitas para empezar o escalar tu negocio en línea. Obtén información de los mejores expertos de la industria que discutirán las últimas tendencias y las mejores prácticas en el mundo de Amazon. Desde la elección de productos y conseguir un proveedor, hasta la creación de tu cuenta de Amazon y la comercialización de tu negocio en línea, aquí lo escucharás. Comencemos. Aquí está su anfitrión, Vincenzo Toscano. Hello guys, welcome to another episode of the Commerce Lab by Ecomsi, the place of everything related to Amazon FBA and e-commerce. My name is Vincenzo Toscano, founder and CEO of Ecomsi, and today we bring you a very special guest. His name is Ryan Kramer, and he's the head of marketing and growth at First Choice Shipping, which is actually one of the leaders when it comes in global expansion in Amazon and e-commerce. So I think uh, I can have a better person today to actually talk about that, which is growing globally. And I know for all Amazon sellers out there, that's all this I thought we have in our mind. It would be nice to hear your take, your tips, and all of that, right? So I think before we touch on that, for sure, I want to welcome you to the show, give you thank you for being here. Uh, yeah, thank you, Ryan. How are you? Yeah, doing of today? course. Yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, I know we we're talking pre-show. Just there's so much going on in this world, and yeah, I feel like what we're recording this at the beginning part of Q3 mm -hmm. there, I think there's just so much data in, in, in analyzing just post prime day and all these other potential new prime day. Uh, I know all these things coming up soon. So there's a lot to be doing right now, <laughs> but I'm glad to be here. <laughs> yeah. I think the Amazon space is funny. Like every single day I wake up, it's like, Oh, what is going to happen today? Every single day is a new thing. It's a new challenge. I yeah. I thought today was like, like Amazon purchased Roomba or something like that. And then I started thinking crazy thoughts and ideas of like, great. Now Amazon's going to ask me while it's vacuuming if I want to buy uh, a set of pins or something like it's going to be nuts. Yeah, for sure. I can't wait to see all those things come. <laughs> so <laughs> now before we start into today's topic, which I think is going to be very interesting, it, for sure, I want to give you a couple of minutes just to learn more about Ryan. I mean, you're already famous. I know that I mean, <laughs> your podcast is huge. Your podcast had like 100 plus uh, episodes and a lot of uh, amazing people in there. But still, I, I think it would be valuable just to give a quick intro about how you jump into the e-commerce space, Amazon specifically, and how you then landed into first choice shipping yeah. where you're working right now. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Like, those are very kind words. Um, don't think I'm famous, mm. but I think I'm, I'm dedicated. <laughs> I, I say dedicated. Uh, which is what, which is kind of the story of, of me. So yeah, how I got into e-commerce, that's a funny story. So my first job out of university back in uh, 2012, so I've been kind of on this digital marketing exploration, if you will. Since then, um, my first job was actually in uh, the newspaper industry. So I was in charge of selling mm -hmm. ads and physical prints, uh, magazines, uh, doing it in Back then, it was like monster.com. LinkedIn wasn't that big. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there so many cool mediums. You were selling display ads on online. So that's where I got my really taste of marketing on a, on a footprint level. Um, it was all new business. So my job was to help find out from customers, you know, what their challenges were and then new business development. So I, I toiled. I, I went through a bunch of different things. Even before that, I was in sales and marketing. I sold mm -hmm. like 
Cutco cutlery, which is knives and silverware and um, things like that, and was really good at it. Um, so I thought this would be a natural next medium, um, you know, getting good at sales. But I was laid off. Uh, it was months before I was supposed to get married. My now wife and fiance at the time didn't have a job. And we were just kind of like, what do we do? Um, she luckily got a job about a month later in Richmond, Virginia, um, okay. which is not where I'm from. Um, <laughs> it, it's uh, I, I, I grew up in the Midwest here in Indiana. I'm actually back here now. But uh, we... I didn't have a job and neither did she. So we decided to go out there. I was searching for a couple of months and at that juncture had found an opportunity with the wholesale and manufacturer for a home gift garden company called evergreen enterprises. Okay. Um, which was really cool because they manufactured, they're the number one seller on Amazon actually right now I for see. garden flags. Uh, very weird niche. Yeah. Uh, um, something that's really kind of funny, and this was 20, gosh, I want to say 2014 when we first started. So FBA, wasn't, FBA yeah. wasn't really like it was starting to take off. It was still try, people are trying to figure out. But you had wholesale manufacturers who were selling to retail stores trying mm -hmm. to figure out e-commerce. So I actually was on the D2C side of business um, under their their brands. Um, they had 10,000 SKUs. So I had wow. this plethora of product that was <laughs> that was tried and true. People were buying. We had the inventory. All I had to do is just figure out how to sell it. Um, mm -hmm. They took a chance on me. I had no background in e-commerce experience, but I think that's no one has that experience yeah. when you first started, right? Mm -hmm. So fast forward, um, I actually was in charge of the direct-to-consumer, like growth marketing side, and that would have been um, affiliate marketing, any sort of externalized marketing, third-party-wise, uh, driving influencers, deal sites, blogs, back to our website to make a purchase. So. I found so many different ways to stand out. It was a zero revenue channel and it grew to six figures my first year. And I thought, all right, yeah, I think right. that there's something really cool to this. Um, kind of figure out what works, seasonality products, you know, make sure we have inventory, make sure I'm, my numbers are good and I'm not losing money. You, okay. you kind of get this, this groundwork, if you will. So fast forward next year is growing to seven figures. It was really well um, working with so many different companies and, and that's kind of where I, I stood out to our CEO who wanted me mm -hmm. to have meetings with him. Um, I would crash our website multiple times because we had promotions <laughs> before Black Friday. Yeah. And uh, year after year, I was crashing our websites because of the traffic. And it was That's really awesome. fun and cool and uh, kind of getting to learn the weeds there. So fast forward a couple of years, I took time away, moved back to the Midwest. I actually got back into the Amazon ecom uh, ecosystem through... Uh, Casey Goss, if you know yeah. Casey, he started Viral Launch. A good and, friend, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So Casey is here here in Indianapolis, or was here in Indianapolis. <clears throat> he, um, they were growing at Viral Launch. Uh, then he did a partnership slash affiliate marketing and told him my experience and got to jump over to with him and work with him for about a year. Awesome. Um, a fantastic team. And then through some other very happenstantial circumstances, got introduced to through partnerships and networking, um, introduced to awesome companies. Mm -hmm. They asked me if um, to leave Viral Launch and work for an international fintech company called Ping Pong Payments. Yeah. I was there the last two and a half years or so. And uh, another fantastic, cool opportunity. I think I want to challenge. Like That's kind of the yeah. roadmap of, like, of if I had to summarize my background. Uh, I jokingly tell people I'm playing e-commerce bingo. It's whenever <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. calling my name and it's a different challenge, that's where I want to kind of tackle. But that's great. I'm right now here at First Choice Shipping, been here for a couple of months now, and I, I couldn't be happier. I think 
the logistics and international growth side of things is super fascinating. I think it's the challenge that everyone's trying to figure out and there's mm. not a lot of support and education in the space. So that's kind yeah. of why I'm here today. That's awesome. I, I actually <laughs> love the fact that you've been almost in every single sector in the in the Amazon space. I mean, you were on with our launch basically on the software side of things. They were right. came from you were on the payment provider. Now with first choice shipping logistics, like yeah, you're learning every single I was gonna say, section of the game, which is awesome. I think PPC is yeah. fun. That's probably the only major tackling spot that I don't have yet. But uh, there's too it's many coming. fantastic people out it's there. It's coming. But... I don't know about that, but uh, there's too many fantastic people that I totally point to and and tell them that they have the pulse and I have I have the background and everything else. So that's, that's exciting. Uh, haven't sold on Amazon, but I think like I think this space is cool, Vincenzo. Like I know I'm not mm -hmm. interviewing you. It's uh, it, it's so cool because when people say like, "What's your background?" It stems from so many different ways as sellers of, "Hey, we're that's selling right. brick, brick and mortar." It comes from so many different perspectives, which is why I think it's fascinating. You don't have to necessarily know it, but if you're in it, you learn and you grow and you're constantly developing and talking to people. You get a sense of, you know, of course, like I know what it's like to go through because you're working with customers. You're on the service provider side, which is so unique and different than yeah. any other seller's perspective. But of course, like you probably, you get to see all these different problems mm -hmm. at once. It's overwhelming, but you get to kind of uh, work through it with them. So that's the yeah, concept. yeah, I totally agree. I actually come from an engineering background. Um, for me, it's all about problem solving. So it's my my daily thing for sure. Finding issues, uh, solving them. That's why I love the this area of the business for sure. Um, now, um, I think for sure. Um, now slowly jump into today's topic. Now that you are part of first choice uh, shipping um, that's one of the leaders when it comes to global expansion on a daily basis you on conversations seeing strategies and, and different topics when it comes to this uh, how to help amazon sellers actually expand internationally right so i would like to use that as, as a starting point um, to open the conversation around this story because i think a gl global expansion is definitely a must nowadays if you want to keep growing your business on Amazon. I think uh, those days of just selling on a single marketplace are slowly coming to an end because competition is becoming more severe. Um, if you don't diversify, it's become each day more dangerous. So I would like to, yeah, to to hear your take on this. What what do you think overall to start around global expansion for Amazon sellers? Yeah. Yeah. So part of why I jumped into kind of this global expansion. I'm just talking, you know, I think we we were talking about this beforehand, just expansion in general is just, it's that next, it's it's something that people want to get to as an mm -hmm. entrepreneur, first and foremost. So no one wants to stay stagnant. There is always opportunity for growth. And why I jumped into the space is because I felt like not just a lack of knowledge, but a lack of how to navigate the waters in terms of expanding your brain, not just in one marketplace, but into multiple marketplaces or even outside of Amazon, I think that there's a lot of people who are starting to read the tea leaves, especially back in 2020 when everything went through lockdowns. Everyone was trying to figure out, hey, if I can get my inventory into Amazon, what do I do? Amazon's fantastic, or if it's just in one marketplace, it's it's going great when things are all perfect. But mm. as we all know, that if there's suspensions, if there's mm. any sort of issues with inventory, um, if I don't have um, multiple different lanes to help support my brand, then that brand can potentially be in trouble and go out of business or it'd be very costly to, to kind of right those wrongs and, and ride the waves, if you will. So kind of when I joined here, 
it, it's been fascinating to just in the short time talk to customers, see what their their problems and issues are. But a lot of what education and the data and the, mm -hmm. and the I always say follow the data. Kind of taking it from my time back at Viral Launches, a lot of the top even Amazon sellers as of even 2021, when you look at the data, the top 500 in the U.S. for example. Half of those people are not even selling in a different marketplace, hmm. which is very surprising to me. Yeah, very, very confusing, but also surprising. So you start to ask a question: Why? Um, everyone talks about competition in the U.S., which is very true. It's the number one marketplace, but you see the growth and expansion of Amazon, where their footprint is. And if you could ask us, probably back in 2020, and you're going to look forward here in the next five years or so, from then into where where Amazon's going what's kind of their plan? Well, it's, it's growing in different marketplaces around the world. There's only so many eyeballs in the United States. We only have so much money. It's a lot. Mm -hmm. We like our, we like our stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, but, uh, but you can't, but when competition is so tough and, 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 and um, you know, it, exhausting, I would say, where, where are you going to continue to grow and find? Yeah. You reach a plateau right? basically. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You might re reach a plateau, right? But if I'm a number one seller and this is the same thing I've talked with aggregators before is, when you're a number one seller and you buy a number one seller, there's only one way you can go across yeah. or down. Like, or yeah. I would say two ways across or down. You can't get better than the number one seller. Yeah, for so sure. that's, that's a little scary. But when you're talking about growing on your own channel, like a D to C, which is really exciting to do different challenge, but it's also necessary for a lot of people. And there's also other marketplaces and eyeballs around the world, which is part of why, you know, it's not as prominent right now, but doesn't mean in two or three years from now, we could be talking about Japan as one of the hottest and it's number two marketplace right now. It's already surpassed mm -hmm. Germany and the UK as in terms of visits and eyeballs, mm -hmm. but continued growth and other markets are coming. Belgium was just announced um, as another yeah. marketplace that's going to be allowing sellers here at the end of mm -hmm. 2022. It's going to keep growing. Big things are coming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. I think, yeah, I totally agree. I think global expansion is the most... Uh, and I think the reason why a lot of people don't consider it is because they are scared of all the things that come with it, especially when you start touching on everything that has to do with compliance, VAT, taxes, don't have the right partner by their side to deal with the shipping, logistics, and all of that. And, and I think that's one of the main uh, concerns uh, when they want to take the, the decision to spam internationally. Now, I would like to hear what, what is your take in terms of what is usually the first steps that Amazon sellers should start considering if uh, if they want to grow international. I mean, what is usually the first area they should start like in cleaning in house mm -hmm. to start building a foundation to jump international? Because I think I have I have also seen the opposite of people that they they jump like crazy across all the different countries and marketplaces. They tick all the boxes in FBA, Pan European, all the programs, and then they can handle it. So. Yeah, what is your take on this and what is your advice usually? You, that's a good question. And just like any good person in the space, it's always they're always gonna say it depends. So yeah. the number one indicator that I, that we see and that people always see, we're lucky enough to be Amazon's uh the global uh sales team's number one, you know, go to resource when they have all the data and resource. And this is kind of the cool thing for when people are um talking to us is Amazon has the data. They know when sales are going well. And mm -hmm. you as an entrepreneur know, hey, there's growth, there's opportunity. I have, I feel control over my marketplace. Now, no one can tell you exactly like what that feels like. If it's, hey, year-over-year -year sales are consistent in growth. If that's a 
your inventory, your supply chain is unlocked. I, I can't personally tell you that because you're your own entrepreneur and you know your business the best. But what we tell people is that when you do feel comfortable and you do feel like you want to take that next step, we there's this there's this inclination of what I call half stepping or baby stepping into different mm -hmm. markets to kind of test and see. Oh yeah, of course I want to make sure that that's an opportunity. So what people typically do is Amazon's going to poke you probably quite a bit that says, Hey, you've been successful mm -hmm. here in market in the United States yeah. or even in Germany, mm -hmm. wherever you start out, they're going to tell you and say, you, you can do really well in these markets because category of that, which you're selling in, it makes mm -hmm. a lot of sense for you to try to open this up into these countries. So they'll, they'll assist you in pointing in that direction, which is a great resource to have. They're not, yeah. of course they want you to sell more that. that yeah. They want to make more money. Well, yeah. right. And if you think about it, like Amazon wants to make more money, they're going to they're going to push you into, hey, of course, you want to grow and expand. They you make more money. They make more money. Everyone wins. Yeah. So it's almost a indicator that people brush off. But but you should listen to that. So if they're going to mm -hmm. tell you that you're ready, that, that might be a good indication to start listening and doing research. So mm -hmm. um, international expansion um, in terms of why people aren't doing it, it again, it's kind of confusing, but I think it's people have to relearn different marketplaces, which is true. You have to do certain things for certain countries, but that's why service providers like us exist with translations. Mm -hmm. There's agencies that help out in terms of different capacities. But I think the number one issue a lot of people think is inventory and they have to figure out, all right, well, if I have my United States or US or whatever marketplace I'm selling in inventory, figure it out. I have to double that now because I'm going to a whole different market. No, that's not the case. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not telling you to say, <laughs> "Hey, just, you know that hundred thousand dollars investment in inventory you're you're making, make that two hundred, and then put yeah. that into Canada." I'm not saying that. I think that people understand what what's worth what's worth it in terms of time, resources, and inventory and money. Is that at scale and what each market dictates is what success you can start to add up over time. And the and when you look at your yearly books and say, "Wow." Canada mm -hmm. brought me 15%. UK brought me an additional 5% revenue. Germany was another three. Japan was two. Now all of a sudden I look like over 20, close to 25% growth all of a sudden for all this, uh, all these additional marketplaces I'm selling in. Now all of a sudden I start to look like this was the right choice. This is the right, right way to grow. Let's invest in those opportunities even further. So as we start to paint the picture and you start to educate and you help people as an extension of it and say, no, you're no longer on your own. We have the resources to help you get through um, any sort of compliance issue, any sort of um, tariffs, figuring out taxes. No one likes to pay taxes. Like that's first and foremost, yeah. but if you're paying more taxes, <laughs> guess what? You're making more money. But I think a lot of people just don't want to have to deal with the headache of setting up the numbers, which is why you know, people know. like us exist and yeah. education exists. So yeah, uh, we're getting there, I think. Yeah, that's Start to break down yeah. those barriers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I think all, all the things that you say are, are very true. I think all those mixed signals are for sure a starting a point when it comes to expanding internationally. But at the same time, I think it's also a two-step decision. And what I mean by this is that I think the first decision is first looking at your data, right. looking the signals and making the decision. But I think the second step must be for sure uh, having a strategy. And what do I mean by this? I think for sure your, uh, there are specific marketplaces that your product is going to behave better than others because yep. there's going to be cultural barriers, language, uh, behaviors in certain communities. And I think that's very important to highlight. 
However, there's also something other things besides that that we need to consider that is besides US, the next marketplace that usually I would advise is UK and Germany, right? Right. But we'd like to also hear your taking here because maybe you, you don't think that's the case, so you maybe recommend other marketplaces. What is usually the options when somebody comes to you and say, Ryan, what what is the next step after US? Because I don't know if I should go to UK or Germany or or whichever, right? Yeah, that's a great question. So I know first I want to make a quick sign out and say also when you when you don't want to get distracted too, because it is important to make sure that you're not stretched too thin. I can't emphasize that yeah. enough. The data will the data will tell you what you're ready for. And we want you to make a good, you know, calculated approach on what is the smart next best decision. So uh, I, I call it analysis per, by paralysis or paralysis <laughs> by analysis. I'll switch yeah. it up. Is that there's so many different marketplaces around the world. There's hundreds of marketplaces in every country mm -hmm. around the world globally. It can be exhausting to think about. I, I want to be everywhere. I'm not telling people to be everywhere. I want people to follow data and help them get to the marketplaces that make makes sense. So yeah, the one that we typically point people through is through Amazon because it's the easiest one. People are familiar with the ecosystem, has a great support network, logistics, supply chain. Anyways, so when the the question that you had asked before in terms of where do we tell people to grow after the United States? Surprisingly enough, we see the most growth. And again, this is this is data that anyone can pull from. The most growth right now, and as of 2022, is actually happening in the United States to Canada. Mm -hmm. Canada, for for one reason or not is actually pulling in a lot more inventory from the United States. A lot of sellers are, are getting in there first and foremost, as a seller, you can have a unified account. So you don't have to set up technically a brand new account. You can have it, you can sell yeah. it um, in your seller's central account. You can sell it through uh, in North America. So United States, Canada, Mexico, you could, mm -hmm. you could sell on all those through your own account. So that's first and foremost why a lot of people, I think, look at Canada, believe it or not, mm -hmm. um, as a as an easier stepping stone instead of uh, UK. But um, what we're actually seeing right now, where the major growths are, is actually Europe coming into the United States. Mm -hmm. So contrary to popular belief, yeah, I know. people would think it would be the opposite way. Um, we, we've we've asked ourselves internally. I think it's a lot of uh, questions like. There's a lot of growth. There's a lot of people in different countries worldwide trying to get into the United States. Why is this mm -hmm. all of a sudden, especially mm -hmm. Europe? Um, yeah. I think that's the case because the dollar and the euro are finally equal. Um, I know. If you're talking about international expansion, I'm going to pull my uh, fintech cap on uh, right now. Uh, the euro used to be weaker than the dollar. So um, when you were selling in the United States and exchanging that dollar back to the euro, I wasn't making the, the weight of the dollar was was not yeah we're losing good. 15 20 percent right you were losing 20 yeah. percent so every dollar mm -hmm. i sold you were getting 80 80 pence or uh whatever the, the exchange is back in uh euro um uh so yeah. maybe it's cents. yeah i think it is for for euro so again uh math works out and math doesn't lie so people were making less money from your if they were selling they were a seller based in europe selling in the united states but now that it's equal now, all of a sudden, if I take that, hey, it was a 20% um, negative, now it's even, yeah. it's almost like a positive, like I grew 20%. My money now has more weight all of a That's sudden right. uh, in the United States market. So we think that there's a lot of growth opportunities and sellers looking to go from US, or from overseas into the U.S. because of that natural progression. Um, but marketplaces that are we're seeing growth on, 
I would say top five would be uh, U.S. to Canada. I would say also U.S. to France. Mm-hmm. Uh, Great Britain obviously would be like two. Yeah. France is actually surprising, but Japan more recently than not. Japan is skyrocket, yeah. Very much, <laughs> very much a very much an increase. So, um, sell and sellers aren't uh, taking Japan lightly. Um, we're seeing we're seeing pallets um, being shipped over there. We're seeing lots of goods that are you know a lot of inventory being shipped to japan so a lot of people are really invested okay. in one of the more uh in, if you're going to talk about financial regulations that's one of the trickier ones in terms I of know, it's very tricky i know the filter to, uh, to figure it out is high that's why i think a lot of people are scared to go to japan it, yeah. well especially if you are a um any i call it uh if it's in your body or on your body um, so like a supplement or a vitamin or a cosmetic yeah. or anything. If it's like supplement, that. oh my god! Yeah, you uh, <laughs> you, you probably aren't looking at Japan very closely, to be honest. But yeah, because of all those regulations, a lot of people are. I mean, that's a good thing too. And a lot of people are scared because of all these tests. But guess what? If you get through that, the marketplace. It's a filter. Know. Well, it's yeah. a filter, and a lot of people know that because if you're half stepping there, again. It might not be worth it, but if you're really dedicated and you have a team that knows yeah. what they're doing to support it's you, a of time. It, you get through it. Japanese marketplace knows, hey, they must be serious if they went through all of our regulations. That's right. Guess what? You're a trusted brand in that marketplace all of a sudden. Yeah. So that, it's kind of a look at it half full, put in yeah. the work, you can re- reap the benefits sometimes. So yeah, I, would think. I totally agree. I think I, these marketplaces, I think they, actually they're the best because those are the marketplaces that you're not going to need get knocked out by a cheap replica from China or something like that because there is heavy regulations when it comes to selling specific products. So if you mm-hmm. do the paperwork correctly, you remove like 50, 60% of the competition straight away. It Sounds good to awesome. me. When <laughs> if I'm if I'm complaining all the time about uh competition and I'm afraid yeah. that people rip me off and I can get into a marketplace where I'm just gonna filter people out for laziness maybe. Yeah. Uh, hey, right. that, yeah. that sounds like a e- cheap and easy way to to get rid of competition and again I, I i know i'm 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 very much sunshine and rainbows uh this, this kind of topic but it, it is the truth in the fact of the matter of that people know what they're doing i think people just time is such a valuable commodity in the space know. it's uh, it's impossible to say oh yeah go and learn about japan's marketplace uh yeah. by yourself like that's a whole I different know. course that's a whole different, different language just a different language different yeah. uh seller mentality hey they're buying more mobile and step desktop mm. so how do i filter everything what stands out what do they care about it's all color it's all you know it's overcrowding things it's completely mm. different messaging than clean um less color very generic uh, U.S. Uh, economy. So again, that that's Different. what's so cool about it is that you can, as a brand globally, you every Fortune 500 company knows this too. I have to represent either my content or my product differently in each marketplace, which is why it's such a culture shock. If I'm in the United States and I go to McDonald's in uh, <laughs> London versus one in Netherlands, they all have different products. It doesn't feel right for me as an American, but you know what? McDonald's knows what it sells there because they have the data. That's all of the nice data. Example. Very exactly. good example. Very nice. Very nice. Awesome. So I think now to start concluding, I would like to bring to the table first choice shipping because I know you guys are one of the leaders when it comes to global expansion and you basically can help with all the struggles we've been talking today, which is dealing with all the compliance, everything that has to do with shipping, even logistics. So can you give us a, a brief introduction how 
usually you guys help Amazon sellers basically go over all these challenges and, and make the dream of expanding internationally. <laughs> yeah. Make the dream. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I I've been, and if you know the story of of the of first sure shipping, it's such a amazing entrepreneurial uh, journey of people saw a problem and people mm -hmm. just found a solution and it kept it very simple. Um, it was never chasing the, the shiny object in the room. It was always, uh, how can we keep our customers first and foremost? And how can we figure out for them? So Pearl Ausch, our COO and, uh, the team, our leadership team that we're a part of, we're going through this process of how do we continue? We, t we you know, first choice has been around since 20, uh, you know, since 2015. So it's feels like a long time, but it's very, it's, it's honestly not. So maybe even longer 2010. Um, I, I'm mixing up dates here, but <laughs> again, get, correct me if I'm wrong. I got the dates wrong. I just, I joined a few months ago, but the mm -hmm. reason why since the beginning that we've been doing this is that just keeping it simple and straightforward. So it was always a problem of, Hey, sellers trying to get into UK. That's where it started out of mm -hmm. how can we figure it out? But over time and over every year you, that you can possibly think of all the challenges that have been thrown in with, you know, logistics problems from uh, people's containers going up to, and, you know, what is it, 20,000 plus? It was at wow. its peak, maybe even more for a container of goods. Yeah. Um, it stuck on the water for a long time, just trying to figure out how to get inventory from point A to point B simply. And I, and I keep using the word simply because that's all we want to do is take it off your plate through software and it, our expansion specialist team. So we have the best of both worlds. We have a software and service that allows people to not only just save time because it's easy, it's straightforward ecosystem. You don't have to invest in anything unless you know, you're know you growing, which is a good investment to take. Yeah. But every question you might have about what we just covered earlier about the tax, the compliance, the importer of record, uh, returns, that's not a topic that a lot of people cover. Returns mm. just in general. Yeah. Um, what happens because you will have returns. It's a guarantee. Yeah, for what sure. happens to that? Um, all those kinds of things we want to do it for people and help people, you know, just navigate those waters and say, you know, we're here to support you, but also save you money instead of going through, uh, you know, a third, um, like a UPS or FedEx, um, by themselves or DHL and, and kind of like a horror story that I hear. And this is why we've had, shippers try to do it on their own and go through dhl's website if you've looked at it it doesn't look like they've spoken mm. to any sort of tech agency in a long mm. time uh, their software is very I clunky know. it's not very easy to navigate through it's um it's something that we you just it's very daunting but uh we we walk it through for you in our ecosystem we've had a seller uh, a couple of sellers in the past where even just simply sending an inventory to an amazon warehouse they had one icon incorrect the the uh Inco terms was wrong they would put mm -hmm. ddu which is amazon they said amazon's paying for my taxes yeah, <laughs> yeah. nope that's not the case <laughs> no, uh no, no. ddp which is the way and again if you have questions about that just reach out to our team but yeah. ddp is meaning that the seller's paying for the taxes that's right their goods got stuck at um at, at uh, clearance and um at the border they had to then ship it right back and it cost them thousands of dollars. And they wow. almost, you know, that was just a daunting mistake that lost them a lot of money and time and probably a lot of sales to be quite frankly. So that's why I tell people is you, d you don't want to have to navigate it through your, yeah. if you're going internationally, don't do it by yourself. Do it with people who have done it for many, many years and we're going to make it easy and simple and straightforward and, and learn along the way too. 
That's awesome. Yeah, I think that example is awesome that you brought it to the table because I feel people, uh, I mean, don't understand the complexity. I mean, on the high level, it looks like simple, but when you go down, just having a single letter or symbol or anything in your customs and everything, I know that from experience, it's a mess. <laughs> so yeah. you definitely want to have the, the right that's people. Taxes, that's taxes, that's, yeah. that's customs. Again, anytime when you start to to get other entities and governments involved again wow, sales tax everyone thinks of like mm -hmm. amazon i have to worry about what mm -hmm. their fees are that that's great but i mean that, that that's important but again once you go globally you start to get more people involved in more lanes but any way we can help offload that you know burden of both cost uh time and effort that i think that's a win for every sort of seller or business that's trying to grow globally that that's so for thousands upon thousands of sellers that have used us and will swear about how easy it is. We're excited about the future, making it even easier and just all the other different opportunities for global growth. That's when people say, oh, first sure shipping is a shipping company. We're more than that. We're, we're a global expansion company. So we have all these Love different that. resources. Um, mm -hmm. We're a niche. We know that we're not for everyone. If you're just listening to this and you're just starting on Amazon, you know, you could use us for a small parcel delivery and air freight in your, your samples. Of course you could, but I yeah. think uh, most people that are going to listen to this, if you're a seller who's finally ready, you finally figured out the last couple of years, all right, branding into Canada, or um, we're going to start into Australia, or UAE is, it seems to be a good market for us. The data is pointing our way. How do we do that? Awesome. Oh, give us a, yeah, give us a, give yeah. us a call. Very nice. Very nice. Awesome. So I think just to uh, yeah conclude to this episode, I usually like to ask uh, the final question just to make sure I get all the gold nuggets out of you. And is there anything else you think people should look at when it comes to 2022, 2023 for preparing for global expansion? Any tips, any advice to get ready? Anything that you have in your mind that you'd like to share? Yeah, uh, a lot of people when they look at us, I know we specialize in uh, a couple. Uh, I'll have a couple of things. I know coming up, there's a lot of cool conferences. So if you have questions, or you're at like the Amazon Accelerate Conference, which we're going to be a part mm -hmm. of, it's happening in person. It's virtually, it's free. Also, to plug Amazon, I don't work for Amazon, but uh, yeah. <laughs> they're great partners, of course. Uh, it's free, so everyone should at least sign up for the Amazon Accelerate Conference. Uh, if 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 this uh, airs before then. Um, I'll give you a link to, to kind of even sign awesome. up. It's a really cool and easy uh, conference to attend um, globally too. But um, other things that I'm talking about, if you since we specialize in air freight and small parcel, if you're selling a larger item or something that you might not think, oh, I don't want air freight or I would rather do container, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you this. Do you want to have your only supply chain and your sourcing, you know, your funnel, if you will, only dependent upon large quantities of containers where you have no control over you can't get it in quickly it might be a couple weeks it might be a couple you know two to three weeks on at best but mm -hmm. it could be months at a time might want to have an emergency blanket um, solution just in case whether that's having inventory off-site which is obviously key on a third-party warehouse or mm -hmm. having a solution like an air freight uh, system in place so you can get your goods anywhere in the world from factory where you might have that inventory or your supplier in three to five days. So Very knowing good. that when Amazon and Q4, especially we're talking about Q4 coming up, I, you have to schedule a time when that, that container is going to come in small parcel delivery. You don't have to do that. You just make yeah. sure you're telling Amazon go in and say, I'm shipping this much inventory in. you don't have to schedule a, an appointment, which a lot of people last year 
had days where they were just it's leaving bad. containers there. So much headache, I know. There's a headache. But with small parts of delivery and what we do, you actually don't have to do that and you don't have to wait around and you don't have to worry about it being left there. So it might might lengthen time a little bit. It might be seven days, but you have that background and that blanket. It's worse to run out of inventory than yeah, to mm-hmm. than to th- try to be cheap about it too. So have that emergency kind of break the glass if fire um, <laughs> a resource, right if again. you will. And we like to be that, but yeah, just that, that that's what I would say too. But there's so much out there. Just listen to this podcast. I know there's so many cool people on there. You had mentioned I'll have a podcast, so I just love talking to people and yeah. in this space. So can't wait so much. to see you go live. Yeah, well, I appreciate you having <laughs> me on today. I know we were going back and forth for a while, so I, I appreciate everything that's uh, that this podcast does, and I think every listener also agrees too. So thank you so much. Thank for you, me. thank you very much, Ryan. Um, and now, would you like to just to finish a uh, share your social media uh, where people can reach you? Any special promotion or link you want to share with first show shipping or something you want to share? Yeah, absolutely. So um, anyone who kind of who reaches out to me, I'll give, even give you my uh, my personal email. You can reach out and, and you're a new customer and you're, you want to learn more. Um, you you can reach me at Ryan at firstchoiceship.com. Uh, it's just R-Y-A-N at firstchoiceship.com. And uh, you mentioned, you know, Vincenzo or the e-commerce lab um, podcast. Uh, if you're a new customer and you're looking to explain globally, um, one or two ways I can help you out. If you don't have an NRI number, um, we can, we can hook you up with a free NRI number. Um, no problem whatsoever. And then, uh, if you, if you already have one, then we would, uh, make sure we get you 10% off your first shipment at first choice. So go ahead and just, uh, email me directly. Yeah, (laughs) no problem. And like I said, all of a sudden Vincenzo, once this goes live, uh, the link, uh, for accelerate, if you happen to want to go and. Amazon's yeah. conference is the first time in person that is going to actually feature third-party sellers, um, companies that are helping third-party sellers. We at First Choice will be there. So um, awesome! I'm going to make sure by. to add it on the description for yeah, sure. absolutely. It's a uh, it's in September. I know it's kind of busy. It's right before Helium 10's Sell uh, and Scale Summit. So I'll be yeah. living on the West Coast for two weeks. <laughs> so if you're on the West Coast, let me know. Awesome, Ryan. So yeah, thank you very much for coming. I appreciate your time and definitely looking forward to having you on the next one, okay? Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Gracias por escuchar The E-Commerce Lab by EcomZ. Asegúrate de suscribirte para no perderte ningún episodio. Mientras te suscribes, déjanos una valoración y una reseña en Apple Podcasts, Spotify o donde sea que escuches. Así será más fácil que otros conozcan el programa. ¿Quieres más? Visita nuestra página web en www.ecomsy.com, donde puedes conseguir tu primera consulta gratis. O encuéntranos en Instagram, Facebook y LinkedIn como Ecomsy.